<laughs> I can see even a cape. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Superhero. A really yeah. geeky Asian superhero. Hello and welcome back to The Culture Reel. In this episode, I will be discussing Netflix's Love and Monsters and Sweet Tooth. We'll also be joined by a deal actor with a one-off exclusive interview about his role in the TV series. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome back to The Cultural. Thank you guys for sticking with me. Um, so in this episode, I'll be talking about Love and Monsters, which is on Netflix and directed by Michael Matthews. So if you haven't seen it yet, it was released towards the end of last year. Um, so there's plenty of time <laughs> and you can't complain about spoilers. Plenty of time for you to have seen it. And there is a review on the Cultural um, Twitter and Instagram. So check it out. Um, so basically the premise of the film is um, seven years after um, an apocalypse, um, these insects and creepy crawlies sort of have mutated and become <laughs> these giant hybrid gross things that now roam the earth and basically feed off humanity. So whoever's let whoever has been left in the world have now sort of like are now living underground um and are separated into colonies across the world. So the film stars um, Dylan O'Brien, who I am a new massive fan of, like I watch him literally in anything now. Um, so he is the main star of the film and he, the film follows him and him trying to reconnect with his high school girlfriend um, from seven years ago. And he's based in this colony somewhere, you know, just a bit further out of LA and he communicates with her via you know ham radio and he decides that he wants to trek across you know halfway america and just so that he can see her again because he's in love which is really sweet and the film follows him as he decides to leave his colony and venture the outside world and so he comes across all of these different types of monsters, well, insect monsters things. He befriends an adorable dog along the way. Um, and he discovers sort of like new things about himself. The day of the monster uprising was the day I lost everyone. Only a small fraction of humanity survived to move in a brown. I've been scanning for Amy the entire time. And now I finally found her. Don't, hey, don't. Amy, is that you? Oh my god. Hey. How far away is Amy's colony? 85 miles. It's an impossible journey. Everything will try to kill you. Don't fight. Just run and hide. Uh, okay. I don't know about you guys but i really enjoyed this film i thought it was fun just really kind of easy going not taking itself too seriously post-apocalyptic 
apocalyptic adventure action comedy kind of thing with um dylan o'brien and if i said before i'll say again i'm a huge fan of now like i came across him like um i think i don't know at some point during lockdown when he did the reenactment for social network that went viral i was like who is this guy he's absolutely amazing let's get him in more things not realizing that he's been in quite a few things i was like wow this is amazing like he's great he's his agent kind of thing so i never actually ever got around to watching maze runner um mainly because a lot of people have told me not to bother but I do hope that we get to see Dylan in more things. It's just so... He's brilliant as an actor in this. In what is supposed to be not a serious film. This post-apocalyptic... I can't say it today for some reason. Apocalyptic adventure action comedy. Um, he takes his role very seriously. And it comes across really well. There are scenes where he... Um, basically, he has this issue which freezes him you know most people take you know the fight or flight action you know when they come um face to face with danger but he just literally just freezes and he's just perfect he does this thing where his eyes just well up and he's just amazing he's he's just a fantastic fantastic actor and i think we should get him in more things um it's super fun it's enjoyable again not to be taken seriously um dylan pays this like perfect um near useless again because he doesn't activate his fight or flight mode <laughs> like most humans do and most humans did you know post apocalypse um he's just able well he just manages to just not do anything so during his like journey again he sort of like comes across this dog that sort of like helps him along the way there's um a brilliant cameo by michael rooker um with a young girl um who are also sort of like venturing out in the world trying to face um i guess the monsters as they go along um not actually restricted to a colony and she's perfect he's perfect the whole film's just really super enjoyable and um it was nominated for an oscar um last year for best visual effects so if you needed one reason or another to go and check it out then choose one of the ones that i've just provided for you <laughs> i have also been watching sweet tooth on netflix um which also is another very kind of strange post-apocalyptic tale um i guess about the world once upon a time bad people ruled the earth they were greedy and self-destructive so nature made everyone sick People are still out there, Gus. If I hear a voice, I will run. If I see a human, I will hide. We have reason to believe that you are harboring an animal child. You little freak. So, <laughs> the premise. 
premise of this basically is um, in about 10 years from now, there is a virus. Yes, very apt, I'm telling you. Um, there is a virus that kills off most of the population. Um, and during that same time, there are these children that are born with animal-like features. And so they're called hybrids. So a human, fully human woman would give birth to a child that is half human and half pig or, you know, uh, half human and have bird bird features like a beak and wings, but it's, it looks like a human baby. Um, so kind of, you know, humanity goes into this kind of, you know, terror lockdown kind of things and people are scared. So the whole, this is based on a graphic novel, I believe of the same name. And for me, I thought it was really interesting. Like I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was really weird, very apt that, you know, there was a program about a virus and how the world kind of basically, um, just crumbles and nobody knows what to do because everybody's blaming everyone for its downfall you know some of the humans are blaming the hybrid children for the sickness um and some people think that the sickness is what's caused um the hybrid children um so the program sorry so the program follows um an adorable 10 year old boy who um has deer like features so he's got the antlers and little deer ears and he his father takes him away from you know humanity and sets up his own little i guess like world um in a hut with just him and the little boy whose name is gus so the dad sort of like learns to, you know, basically live off the land. You know, he has a hut, he's farming, um, surviving on the bare minimum, basically. You know, they, you know, learn to fish. They get, what is it, like maple from the tree sap or sap. You know what I mean, basically. <laughs> and it's very cute. And they, you know, live, live in this idealistic, you know, wonderland this promised land that they built for themselves um until that's disrupted one day and unfortunately the father doesn't quite make it i don't want to give too much away just in case um you guys haven't watched it yet but it has been on um netflix and it was trending on netflix for a while as um one of the top 10 programs i think in the uk and i think in the world so if you haven't had a chance to watch it yet um do go check it out um so basically the um gus's father dies along the way and gus basically has to make it out in the world on his own what we do realize um sort of like quite early on is that there are people in the world who want to kill these hybrid babies because they think they're awful and cause the sickness and they shouldn't be alive and that you know they could be worth a lot of money sold to the right person so Gus is trying to fend for himself. He, he comes across Nonso Anozi, um, who is this huge man, huge black man in the show. And I'm like, because at first it's like, oh, you know, um, <laughs> don't judge a book by his cover because he, you know, he turns up as this sort of like huge black man in the wilderness, just kind of out there. And obviously on first sight, everyone is like super scared of him. And it's like, okay, all right, this is, 
very typical um but obviously he turns out to be quite a sweetheart a massive bear with um you know soft gooey inside and he reluctantly takes gus under his wing um as they branch out to try and find gus's mother who he believes is in colorado so there's that one side of the story there the other is with dr singh who is um played by a deal actor and he basically was a doctor and he was there at the beginning where he sees the hybrid children being born um what we also discover is that his wife also has this sickness so he has been for the last couple of years um administering some sort of some sort of medication to suppress her sickness so she hasn't gotten sick like everybody else has um and she's been able to live you know a pretty cushy life for a while um up until he goes to you know his dealer who is also a doctor because he's running low on his own supply <laughs> i don't know why i'm sort of like relating this like it's some sort of like drug movie <laughs> but so he goes to his doctor to re-up on his on his medication for his wife and it turns out basically that the doctor is dying and so she says you know i think that you should carry on this research i've been working on this thing and um basically i'm trying to cure this sickness that is going around that's why i've been able to sort of like develop you know the potion that i'm um the medication that i've given to you and your wife However, I am dying. I think that you should carry on the research. And so that's one, you know, that's another story. And then another one <laughs> is about this therapist who has uh, social anxiety. So for her, when the sickness comes and the world kind of, you know, crumbles, she, for some reason, you will find out why, um, takes into living at the local zoo. But she's probably one of the only people who finds the sickness and the crumble of humanity and the world as you know she finds solace in it she's able because there are no people around with someone with social anxiety she's you know she's able to grow her garden you know be by herself live outside and live her best life and you know she absolutely loves and adores it so for me i really enjoyed it like there are parts of it that i thought were a bit slow but I thought it was really interesting. I, you know, it wasn't like your typical post-apocalyptic um, TV series like The Walking Dead or even kind of like, um, you know, Love and Monsters. It was a different take on, on you know, what could happen to the world um, and what probably would happen to the world if, you know, it all kind of like fell, if it all just basically kind of like fell. Um, and I thought that, I, I, for me, I thought that was really interesting um, just to sort of see how different people will handle different things. So ahead of the UK release of Sweet Tooth, I had the opportunity, the honour of speaking to Adil Akhtar, who plays Dr. Singh in Sweet Tooth. Um, and we had such a good conversation. He's such a lovely guy. Um, and if you don't know Adil, he's literally in... I think almost everything that you've ever seen in UK drama. Um, he's a BAFTA award winning actor. Um, and he recently starred in Netflix original film, Elena, Elena Holmes, uh, with Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill and Sam Calf 
Kathleen. I don't know why I struggled to pronounce that for some reason. Um, he was previously in the Academy Award nominated comedy, The Big Sick, Four Lions, Swimming With Men, Victorian Abdul, um, Murder of Mystery and The Nest. And if you remember, set your minds back just a couple more years. In 2017, he won a BAFTA. He made history, sorry. He made history by winning a BAFTA for um, leading actor in the BBC drama Murdered by My Father. So he was not just any any guy out here. He's actually just amazing. And um, he's also doing a lot of work in America as well. So here's our interview with Adil. Hi, Adil. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, okay. thank you. Yeah, how are yeah. you? Yeah, all right, thanks. Yes, doing good, yeah. Good. I've seen that you've done. Thank you for taking a, a moment to like speak with us. I know that you've done a no, lot. Thanks for, well, thanks for chatting. That, no, yeah. it's okay. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolute honor. Uh, <laughs> How have you found yeah. like the press run for this so far? Well, the sweet tooth stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's been good. It's you sort of find yourself rediscovering some a lot of things that you mm. didn't that you either overlooked or didn't really think about. It's really nice, you know, just to sort of pick apart the story like that and see what really resonated with people and what didn't. So I really, I really enjoy it. It's just, okay. it's used, it's used for a chat, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is always really nice as well. Yeah, um, so I've seen, I've, um, I think I'm on episode four, so I've seen parts of it, but for anyone who will be listening to the podcast can you describe it in your own words um just a brief synopsis and maybe sort of like your viewpoints in it what you've taken away from it yeah so sweet tooth is about a small uh, hybrid deer boy called gus so he's half boy half deer and he is on a mission to find his mother with the help of jeopard and uh, the story is just basically in the fallout of that and all the sort of adventures they, they get into. And the, the backdrop of the whole series is the fact that there's this big, they call it the big sick. I don't know they call it the big sick. The big sick was a film I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the big Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> call it the sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> and, uh, too many interviews, I'm sorry. I'm no, no, that's fine because... <laughs> and uh they're trying to work out whether these hybrid children are because they're unaffected by the contagion contagion that's out there they're trying to work out whether or not these children are the cause of it or if they hold the secret to you know a cure perfect and um it's been sort of like I think it was number one for a couple of weeks I think it's in top five Netflix um so did you when you read the script first of all what attracted you to the script because it's quite it's a very different type of story being sci-fi post-apocalyptic end of the world kind of thing so it's not your usual kind of story so what attracted you to it I had a phone call from Jim, the director, who's essentially sort of show running the whole series. And it was just a really, really lovely chat with him, basically, just about the idea of what he wanted the tone of the, of the, of the, of the series to be. 
um, what his intentions were with um, the character and what he hoped sort of people would, would take away from it. And then he sort of described Dr. Singh's journey and it was just a full, a full arc, you know. There was kind of like, it was a real journey to go on. Mm-hmm. And uh, so off the back of that conversation, I thought this would be, should be, yeah, just seemed like the right thing to do. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> excuse me. And were you expecting yeah. it to be so successful? I think, because you were, I think you guys had filmed right before the pandemic happened. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I, then, did, I, I did my scene, my <laughs> scene in the, the, the sort of the beginning bit of uh, episode one, the, uh, in the pilot version, so before it became an episode one, that beginning bit, the introduction, I had a bit more in, so it was like a kind of maybe eight, nine minute intro mm. of the character and like his, the routine that he goes through and everything else. And... Um, and so we filmed that in early 2019. And then I came back and I was just in my boots on the Woolworth Road <laughs> and all the cold and flu medicine had been oh, yeah. from the shelves. Mm-hmm. And it was exactly the same thing that I'd filmed in the pilot. <laughs> and so it was like this crazy like sort of real moment. Then, real surreal moment. <laughs> and then later on, they had the lockdown and the pandemic and all that sort of stuff kicked in, you know? So it was like, it was it was a crazy. It's just been a, it's just been a, such a ride, you know, because mm. of that. And then obviously when they took it the the pilot series to episode one, there was this kind of they had to be even more sensitive. I suppose if you if you're making a a pandemic story and there's not a pandemic, you can be quite bold. Yeah. And then when you go into a whole series of it, you've got to then sort of try and keep true to the script, but then. Mm sort of hold back on some things and so there was a bit of a change from the pilot to episode one because because of that but yeah uh I mean yeah I wouldn't have expected it to be as I mean you, you do when, I think when you do something you, you sort of invest in it you know and you yeah. and you do something because you respond to it yourself and you feel yeah. like it's good yeah <laughs> you try <laughs> you try and do the best job that you can with it yeah and then you just hope other people think that it's good as well so that's that's basically what happens with every job and it just yeah. happens this is the one that everyone's kind of well, yeah it's it's really good and I think um it's had a lot of um positive reviews and feedback so you know um congrats to you and everybody yeah, else thank you yeah <laughs> involved in it it is really really good um and so well you've answered sort of like that question um because I was gonna ask about sort of like how it affected your performance and maybe the production um and so do you think that that was I want to say one of the challenges in making the show was there any sort of like more restrictions because of the pandemic did it make it a bit harder or do you think it made it maybe a bit easier um to film it because everyone's like oh yeah we get it <laughs> or <laughs> yeah 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 right there's a there was one moment in it uh I'm not sure you would have got to this bit yet but it's when the sing <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be careful but I think you said you seem from one to four yeah. Now. Uh-huh. yeah so I think it is it that might be an episode four <laughs> well anyway there's a point there's a one point in it where sing has to just sort of tell Rani about how tough it was at the start of the sort of contagion mm. that um, that 
his job was to be a doctor and to keep people alive. And then he was sort of seeing people not making it and getting really sick. So there's a little speech in there that he had to do that was just describing that basically. Yeah. You know, just sort of say how much you struggle. And I just remember on that that day on that um just there was not loads of acting involved in it. It was just a situation of kind of just saying these lines and mm. just sort of attuning yourself to like what was going on around the world anyway. Because it's sort of like what everybody either either had an iter- sort of iteration of that yeah. or it was like exactly like that or not so much like that but it was this idea of we were living our ordinary lives mm-hmm. and then something extraordinary happened and then we had to it, we had to sort of find the extraordinaryness in ourselves to, yeah. to cope with it you know like and it that. was like yeah and, it, and, and I think that's that was that one spot in that in that um in that episode that I, I sort of felt felt that a lot you know it's amazing and um because it's uh, and I hadn't realized at the time it's in uh, it's a comic book adaptation um which I think is brilliant um and did you did you have any reservations about doing that or did you think this is going to be as big as like the walking dead <laughs> and I'm gonna <laughs> and this is gonna be sort of like amazing <laughs> um with it being a comic book ad- adaptation or graphic novel adaptation we did you have any reservations about it or did you think this is going to be as big as um, you know, The Walking Dead and, you know, or anything like that? Or, you know, was that what was sold into you? Yeah, I don't know. Like, with each job that I do, I kind of... The sort of... The, the sort of... What the sort of industry terrain is like or what the sort of, like, Netflix terrain is like is kind of... I, I, I don't really sort of look at that so much as I look at the sort of job in front of me and just work out what's sort of very unique and specific about that job and whether or not I have anything to bring to it. And if and if I kind if I don't then um then I would maybe not do it because there's no there's no you know but then if I if I if I do respond to it in some way and you know and I'm asked to mm-hmm. and uh, it's just that sort of nice collaboration between director and actor and you know production and all that sort of stuff when it's all happening mm. then it's kind of um that's what I'm really sort of looking for in the in the yeah. in work anyway so so the sort of wider picture the bigger picture I try not to look at because it gets a bit too yeah gets a bit yeah. too much then just like the, the job in hand you know and try to do that the best you can Absolutely. And do you do you have any plans to do any uh, comic book movies? I think we'd love to see you on one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just depends whatever comes my way, really. Yeah. I can see be, you in a cape. Been, uh, what, <laughs> oh, you're good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Superhero. A really yeah. geeky Asian superhero <laughs> that can't I'm, run very fast. I yeah. don't know if there's a... <laughs> I don't know if there's a market for that, really. But we could, maybe. I mean, I'd watch it. So. Oh, thank you. Thanks. You, Oh, no, it's fine. I mean, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of but, your um, work. I think, sorry. Are oh, we thanks. Um, I just think you're amazing. So obviously, oh, when, this, when this opportunity came out, I was like, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Um, nice. And it's, just, it's really amazing seeing like UK actors doing, you know, incredibly well. You've done some incredible projects um, over the years. Um, I have my list of like, uh, just, and I think that 
the you you become sort of a household name in the UK, I would say. Um, and so <clears throat> when I suppose it's like a double-barreled question, maybe two-pronged question, yeah. in the sense of when you won your BAFTA back in, I think 2017, do yeah. you think that again, sort of like being, I guess, uh, you know someone from an ethnic background working in the UK as an actor, do you think that your work has changed since the BAFTAs and the sort of roles that you're getting? And also, do you think that the industry has changed? Um, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, diversity and inclusion discussions happening. And do you think that that's changing? Is that anything that you think, have you seen any difference or? or yeah. Not? I think that's interesting. So when I went it in 2017, there wasn't um, a sort of like a, a, an abrupt shift in what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And that raised some questions, you know, for me. It was like, well, where, if, would, would it have been an abrupt sh- shift for somebody else or is it just the nature of what was out there? Or, or maybe it's the nature of my character. You know, I'm not somebody mm-hmm. who sort of, is on the Instagram and the Twitter's loads, you know? So I even said Twitter's with an S. So that's an indication of how I'm not <laughs> Twitter's. Anyway, uh, the, so, <laughs> so that was, yeah, so that was like an indicator. That was kind of something that was, uh, th- I was thinking about and going, well, it, it, you know, how, how, but the sort of through line of what I do kind of just continued anyway. So even, pre-2017 before the BAFTA I was kind of being asked to do sort of the odd comedy role the odd drama role and you know that sort of stuff and that's kind of just been the same thing you know and there's been this sort of uh gradual increase in you know like the 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 roles have got slightly bigger and but it's still been the same kind of thing you know and so it's um it's a really interesting question. So I, you, you wonder whether it's the idea of you, your ethnicity yeah. or your character type. Then you have to sort of work out the sort of terrain that you're working in. Like, mm-hmm. is that is that accommodating or is it more accommodating than it ever has? Because in a way, it sort of has as well. Yeah. And in other ways, there's you know, still improvements that need to be made. And, mm-hmm. um, but what, what, I, what I enjoy, what I'm enjoying about this moment in time more is that, we're having these sorts of conversations about exactly. it and we're mm-hmm. re- we're ready to, ready and willing to sort of work it out you know whereas that's way different from you know 10 years ago yeah. or whatever you know there's there's a situation where people are going like they're they're, they're willing to like sort of roll their sleeves up and go, mm-hmm. okay let's let's work out how to do uh, together you know I feel that more than yeah. I used to, you know, so that's definitely a change. I, that's I can say good, that's definitely the right direction, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, great. And do you... Yeah, I think so, like I said... Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, just that, just a step in the right, just a step in the right direction, but then not letting that step, let yourself off the hook or let anyone else off the hook mm-hmm. going, we still, we still got loads to do, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, just generally feeling like, I'm, and again, it could be the state stage at which my career is, but I'm being listened to more than I ever have been. I've been having conversations more than I ever, you know. So, yeah, that's um, that's just a positive. That's yeah, yeah. 
Um, and do you think that, because you've obviously done some projects in America as well, so do you, because one of the other things that I think has been reported and that we notice is, you know, people from diverse backgrounds is that a lot of the time UK actors from diverse backgrounds will tend to move to America to find more opportunities. Was that a case for you or, um, or not? Yeah, yeah, th th there was that sort of, yeah there's that kind of still is that sort of flight to America isn't mm -hmm. there so it's like this idea that you there and you, then you see people hitting sort of super stardom status mm -hmm. and they're just sort of you know around the corner from Camberwell yeah. <laughs> you know it's just like well and, and it's like and yeah so it's just and um yeah so there was that but I, I kind of felt that I, I mean, there's been opportunities to go over to America, but I just kind of felt that there's something about making a success of, of it, trying to make a success of it here, like basing yourself here in amongst all, all the sort of perceived or non-perceived obstacles or whatever else. And the way, and I just, I don't know, I can't articulate why, I just sort of felt that that would be, a better journey for me because the type of work that I would get from it would be kind of um, richer and more varied or mm. something. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think maybe because it's the idea like, you know, this is the this place where really good theatre comes from. You've got yeah. really good theatre actors. They've sort of cut their teeth and then gone on to TV. And, yeah. and you walk on the TV set like I'm just doing this job at the moment, you walk on a TV set in England and it's almost like being in a green room in a theatre or something, you know, it's, it's this sort of family kind yeah. of feeling, but we're not, the stuff that I've done in America can tend to be very, um, uh, you, you wouldn't get that as, as much. And I think like there's a, there's a difference in, the, the work the, the sort of work as well that I appreciate I, I like more here than I would over yeah. you know yeah. I was sweet to being like uh like one one of the things that I, I did really like but generally like if I could just do loads of BBC dramas and work with the actors that I do that would be mm -hmm. that would be lovely for me you know that's that's my wheelhouse oh, that's just, like that's that's that would be your dream scenario just BBC productions back to back. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're just sort of like we're BBC, but just kind of um, like I've just finished a film with Clio Barnard, who's an amazing filmmaker from here, and we're just—it's just—I I love it. I love working here, and I love working with British directors and on British productions mm. because it's just. I really can't put my finger on, on why, but it just, I just feel like its it's got some weight to it. Like the sort of the, 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 the stories and, the, and generally the experience, I, I just enjoy the experience of it, but there's something about it that it's like, when you, I think maybe this is it. People sort of go off to America to make a success of it. Yeah. And it's like breaking America, you know, like yeah. bands do it and actors do it and stuff like that. Mm. but there's something about trying to break America from here that makes me feel kind of that's that's what if if there was ever a moment that I could say I could break America I definitely want to do it 
for the comfort of my home, like here in London, <laughs> then I would. Yeah. Does that make sense? Maybe I'm just lazy and I don't want to travel. But... I don't think, I definitely, I, I think I understand sort of like oh, where you're coming from with that. And it might just be sort of like the familiarity and the, you know, of having sort of like people who have those, I guess, common life ex- or shared life experiences. You know, if there's someone else on set who's also you know the whole production team is from you know London or the UK or whatever you know you have yeah. the you know moments and stuff and you know shared shared interests um and it might just feel slightly foreign if you're on a you know foreign production um definitely definitely I had this uh, experience with something that can like sort of sum up what it is uh I, I went on to a short film with a mate of mine and it was it was in Bradford and she wrote it mm-hmm. and I was dressed up as a cash and carry um, guy, you know, yeah. like the oversized tracksuit and, yeah. and the hat and everything. And I just sat down on a crate of mangoes and there was a, there was a basket, there's some baskets next to me. And somebody walked in and it was a few customers walked in. They were like, like gesturing at the basket going like, can I take this? And <laughs> Thinking that, thinking that, I'm, thinking that I work there. So you actually work there. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was on my phone, and it was just like, yeah. Could, and it was just a small, tiny, tiny. We scrabbled the money together, scrabbled the people together, and we made this thing, and it was really wonderful. And I was so happy to be, so happy to be doing it. But there's a, there's that sort of quality in in working here that 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 sort of, and I can't sum up and articulate. What that feeling is but it's it's kind of it's kind of that you know and the production that I'm on at the moment has got this amazing woman sort of Leslie Manville on it and she's like this sort of Oscar-y person and mm-hmm. she's also doing drama but she's also somebody who might do a bit of theatre as well and there's yeah. something about the through line of that which mm-hmm. makes me sort of go oh I want to I just wanna not leave not leave my house yeah. and just do it from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's do everything from my home. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that's pretty cool. And if everyone could come to you to do it, why not? And then just sort of oh, like maybe that's on it. Zoom. We'll watch it, yeah. honestly. We will watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. the, saying that, sorry, sorry, just a bit build on that point. Saying that the people that have done that have really forged the way as well. And it's kind of and it makes that's a very important thing to, to have happen. Yeah. To, ha- to see to see somebody like Riz, for example. Exactly. We sort mm-hmm. of like started to get and like smashing it in the way that he has has kind of opens up this new energy that you didn't know existed. Yeah. You know, this sort of mm-hmm. new understanding and this new way of being as a sort of Asian actor in the industry that is mm-hmm. kind of um that, that people haven't didn't hadn't or haven't really got their yeah. heads around but when they see it then they then they can sort of yeah then it's there now and it's a conversation it's a continuing conversation yeah and we're obviously we're rooting for everyone from the UK to do the best um you Riz everybody else and I think everyone's doing an amazing job at the moment so you know <laughs> yeah UK <Especially, laughs> yeah yeah um, everyone it's so yeah, I, I don't know. I could just we could just sort of list off the names, but yeah, we really I just do. feel so I, mm-hmm. I feel so happy just to sort of be in this point in time where we can do like we're yeah. talking like you're having a conversation with me about how what's changing in the industry, what's this, you know, and mm-hmm. 
and we're in it sort of we're in a time and a place now where like people you know of color are mm-hmm. hitting these sort of states these sort of these places of that, that kind of you wouldn't have dreamt of it feels like a thing of like dreams really just yeah. to sort of be able to turn on your turn on the oscars and see Daniel you know, so, in, yeah. So, yeah, right, exactly, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. And it just feels like yesterday me and Riz were doing four lines together yeah. and it's like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's it's just like, it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful time. And, and also I always have to sort of like caveat it with like there's loads to do, but I'm so, yeah, it's a good time, you know. Great. And can you, you mentioned sort of a few um, projects that you are currently working on. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so uh, I'm doing a TV drama at the moment called Sherwood that's written by a guy called James Graham, um, who also, he's sort of quite a political writer, so it's set um, in a mining community in Nottingham. uh, And it's kind of like a police procedural, so it's like a whodunit, as well as like delving into sort of the mining community there that had a big riot in the 80s that mm. not many people know about and it sort of disbanded from the rest of the mining community up north so that's that's something that that uh, that sort of about to start in a couple of days just finished the second series of back to life which mm. should be on tv very soon with daisy haggard be looking out for that one. <laughs> yeah she's great and, and then yeah and then the ali, ali and ava which is a film that's going to be, we just found out it's got into director's fortnight in Cannes, which is really amazing. Cool. Yeah. So there's like, there's bits and bobs. Yeah. Stuff, stuff happening. It's yeah. a nice mix. And you've also done sort of a, a, a mix, like you, you had mentioned, a mix of drama and a bit of comedy. So is there a preference or are you just kind of like, I like to do a bit of everything. I like to, you know, just be involved and like you said, just pick projects that feel that you have sort of sort of emotion to respond to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This um, I was just having a sort of interview before yours, and they sort of asked the same question, and they were sort of delving into like my my sort of history of like film appreciation and stuff. And it's only through that conversation that I kind of realised that maybe it was all sort of seeded there. It was like when I first started looking at films, it was like my beautiful laundrette was one that sort of really sort. of, in, in my mind and like um, this type of films that I, I really enjoy they kind of give you a feeling that you can sort of do lots of stuff and mm. you don't really have to do the one thing like it gives you a sense that you know the, the story and that like it makes you feel like a, quite expansive and that you can do lots of things mm-hmm. and I sort of feel like I'm at that sort of stage now where um, I just love it all so whatever comes my way I can and, and if I feel like I can be an asset to it in the same way, you know, then then that would be that would be the only sort of benchmark really, just to sort of say I respond to it and yeah. I think I can do it do it some justice, you know. And you always do. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you so much for yeah. speaking I had so much fun speaking with thank you. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I do recommend you check out both Love and Monsters and Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Thanks, guys. Bye.